98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station, Bigly Blast. Tom Brady was right. There's a lot of bad football going on. There's been a lot of bad football here in Arizona. And there are a lot of head coaches who are going to rethink how they view preseason football. And I'm guessing that includes Cliff Kingsbury. So in that regard, the Cardinals are one of many teams that have struggled for rhythm, consistency, and general competence out of the gate. But where the Cardinals do not have an alibi is at home. They are a team that made the playoffs last year and a team that has lost seven consecutive home games and those two stats make zero sense and they make me very angry because in the Kingsbury era they've often been as boring as they are bad at State Farm Stadium now I will not repeat my rant from yesterday because Sunday has a chance to be brutal the Eagles are a far superior team built to destroy the soft gooey product the Cardinals have put on the field for most of the first four games. And by all accounts, you haven't seen this much green trying to ruin a good time since Jim Carrey in the Grinch. Babe. So what I want from the Cardinals, what I demand from the Cardinals is effort. Angry. Malevolent. Hair on fire effort. I can deal with a loss to a better team. I'm not even mad at the thousands of Cardinal fans who have sold their tickets to the enemy. That's on the football team. A football team Team that doesn't need to win a game on Sunday, but a football team that needs to win you back with pride, intensity, and competitive spirit. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable with two great locations. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. No, I mean, I see it as this is a new season. Um, you know, we lost to Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champs and one of the better teams in the league right now at home. So we're 0-2 this season at home. I, I, last year was last year. That is Cliff Kingsbury, head coach of the Cardinals earlier this week, on whether or not he brings ho- up the home record, which was obviously a key piece to the uh, Bickley Blast this morning. We talked about it earlier. It's going to remain a talking point until the Cardinals give you a reason not to talk about it anymore. Slow starts, which goes back to last year as well, and the home record, Mm -hmm. as you heard Cliff Kingsbury. That was last year. I'm not buying that. Those are trends that need to be reversed. Yeah. Uh, well, st- the, the home record is, is is what it is, but a part of the reason why they don't win at home, Bick, is because of the slow start. So these right. things are tied together. Over their last six games, dating back to last year, so the four regular season games this year, uh, Week 18 against Seattle and the wild card game against the Rams, the first possession for the Cardinals, you want some ugliness? Oh, right. A co- in six games... A combined 21 plays for 43 yards, one combined first down. It's nonsense. Zero points. The last time the Cardinals scored points on their first possession was Week 17 against Dallas. They had a nine-play, 78-yard drive that went for yeah. a field goal. Yeah, yeah, and and so the, and that's not just been at home. That's been everywhere. Yeah, that's just been that's just been bad starts to football games, and, and so they need to solve these issues. And if they solve these issues, then maybe they're going to give themselves a chance to actually be in a chance to win the football game, which could happen. And but it would have to happen with a real good effort from the defense. And again, this is going to be this is really going to reveal how real this defense is. And there have been a lot of people, and I'll be the first to admit that that I, I scoffed a lot at the idea of this Cardinals defense being good. 
because I've looked at the roster and, and I've thought there's just not enough talent here, and there's just too many too many fingers crossed and too many pipe dreams and too many people hoping for too much stuff, and and but, but they've been good. And but, except for the time when they played a truly good offense, the first it, game, it, Jared, where they just got absolutely you know taken apart. Yeah, they got batted about. Yeah, exactly. So, so to me, the defense has got an opportunity now to really kind of step up. And can can this defensive line of J.J. Watt and Zach Allen sort of kind of spearhead? Um, you know, a, a better outlook on what this defense is going to look like going forward. There's going to be the return of Antonio Hamilton. He's, he, you know, he's a good player. He's not a panacea, but he's going to add depth to that position. You mm-hmm. would think Trayvon Mullen would get some more snaps. Maybe this defense can come around. We're going to know a lot more on Sunday. They might get obliterated on Sunday. They might. And go back to last week. Yes, it was a solid defensive performance, but there's a but coming. But the Carolina Panthers offense is really bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, what can be the effect of a game like that? Yes, you played well. You held them out of the end zone most of the game. I think where that gives a little bit of con- is a confidence thing for the mm-hmm. Cardinals. The defense has to feel good about the way that they performed on the road in a win against Carolina. The confidence level is what it is going into the game. That confidence can be shaken very early by the Eagles. There's offense. no doubt. And so so my my takeaway from the blast is what I want to see from this football team is something that they can control. I want to see a level of intensity at the start of the game that is that resembles a football team that has had enough of losing at home. I've said this before. Most football teams I've been around and most head coaches I've been around you don't get to seven consecutive home losses because the indignity and the embarrassment of it all, you're going to win one game out of anger and shame alone. You just are. Uh-huh. And this football team hasn't seemed capable of doing that. This is going to be a very difficult test for them. And and as we pointed out, if they lose this one, they've, they've got a Thursday night game against the Saints. And if they don't win that one, they will have gone a full calendar year without winning at home. And that's that's just brutal. So... I, I'm not saying that it's win or else this weekend. I'm not saying they've got to end that. That would be unreasonable to expect, given what we've seen from both teams. But what is not unreasonable is that they start a game the way they finished a game, that they look functional and in rhythm on offense to start a game, that they don't need to be down X amount of points to play well. That stuff. Show me some heat. Yeah, there is the uh, stat, though. Cliff Kingsbury has never lost to an NFC East team. We're 6-0 against the NFC East. Did you know that? I did not. I hope that didn't jinx us. But we're, I haven't won a home game in a while, so maybe that kind of cancels out. You think Cliff Kingsbury really didn't know that? Yes. <laughs> I do believe in you. Yeah, right, right. So, I mean, you better start winning games or people are going to start calling Cliff Kingsbury a home wrecker. Ooh. See what I did there? Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> In the context of football, a home wrecker. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Grammy award-winning Muse is headed to Desert Diamond Arena on April 2nd, 2023. Tickets go on sale today, but you can win a pair now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Am I eligible for that? i got to check that out. Uh, coming up next, 
Thursday night football was trash before last night. It's reached a new level of garbage after what we witnessed on Thursday night. This Speaking week. of a long fart noise. <laughs> exactly. We'll replay that noise for you next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. We had uh, a good play call on. He went, went to Cortland there. Made a guy made a good play. We were ready, I was ready to move around if I needed to. You know, we came up with a big fourth and two earlier, and you know, the drive before, the two drives before. You know, so we, we went for it. Um, we didn't want to end in a tie. You know, we wanted to try to win the game. You know, and uh, that was our that was our mentality. I don't think it was. I, don't, I think coach made a good call. I think we got to find. You know, I got to find a way to make a play, um, whatever it takes. And um, the thing about um, you know close games and this and that, you know, it comes down to finding a way. And, and we found a way before, and, and this time we didn't. We had a really good drive in overtime. Uh, they went down to kick the field goal, whatever. We got the ball. We drove all the way down quickly. Um, that's how I think our offense should, should look, you know, quite often. Um, we were able to get, you know, make plays and do our thing. Guys did a good job blocking up that last drive, and um, they made a good play. Uh, Broncos country. Let's ride. Russell Wilson yeah. on the final fourth down play that fell incomplete. And the Broncos lose at home in overtime to the Indianapolis Colts in a game that featured, uh, what was it, seven field goals total? 12-9, yeah. no touchdowns. Yep. You got Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. two Pro Bowl quarterbacks who've been to Super Bowls. Uh, just an ugly performance by yeah. both teams. And, and and not out of the ordinary, especially for the Broncos. And, and, and let's face it, for as bad as the Broncos have been offensively so far, the Colts have been worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thursday Night Football continues to be <laughs> a talking point. Not only from um, an injury standpoint, which we covered earlier, and there was a, a good share of serious injuries last night, or potentially serious injuries last night, but they're in this rut in this first year of this Amazon package, Bick. You had Colts, Broncos, which before the season probably looked like a pretty good matchup. It wasn't. Yeah, listen. Next week I, you got Chicago and Washington. Oh man! <laughs> now that now that game, uh-huh. there's no application to the Arizona Cardinals. That one I'm going to duck out of. You're a smart man. Yeah, that one is not going to that that one is not going to get my emotional. You want to see Eberflus on Amazon? Eberflus. <laughs> That's the guy. Listen on to, to Amazon Prime. Listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the internet on your TV. <laughs> is that how that works? Somebody finally explained it to me. How is Amazon? This, what is it being distributed by Amazon? Somebody finally made it clear. <laughs> Apparently, when they say it's being distributed on Amazon, what does that mean? Come on, give Vic a break. That was six years ago. Yeah, that was a long time. It's still pretty stupid, but it was six years ago. Yeah. All right. You know how many people are trying to figure out Amazon in the last five Thursdays? Uh, good point. Thursdays, good point. they didn't know. Good point. So apparently in Denver, the game was on Prime, um, and they made a deal with sports bars. They can show it on DirecTV. But apparently in Denver last night, it was also on over-the-air television. So yeah, like the local network. The local like network. Um, I think it was Channel 7 in Denver. They have a big post-game show afterwards. 
It involved this, an apology to the viewers. First off, Troy, I feel the need to just apologize to the viewers. I know we didn't play, we didn't really even run this broadcast, but the fact that you had to watch that on our air, I feel bad. I was here and I didn't even want to watch it. Where do we begin? Well, listen, it burns the retinas. It was that awful. <laughs> it's Nick Rothschild and Troy Rank. Uh, this was during the broadcast on Prime. You know, I'm only half kidding, but sometimes the game can be, at least at this point, so bad, it's almost good. You know what I'm saying? No. I'm not feeling that just no, yet no. over here. <laughs> no, the, the game is like sort of bad. It's, yeah. not, it's, not, it's not good. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe the game will break out here. Yeah, I think those two teams that had <laughs> expectations put upon them, um, yeah. not just by uh-huh. Dan Bickley, yeah, but no, by a lot right. of other people. Uh, and these two teams look like they're in complete disarray right now. And look, at least I, at least Denver's got a bit of an excuse with a new quarterback and a new head coach. Frank Reich is still the head coach of Indianapolis. They have a new quarterback. They have a new quarterback, and they've had a ton of injuries. But man, those are two bad football. What were you going to say, Jarrett? That Al McCoy cut. Al McCoy. That Al Michaels cut right after he says, "Who knows? Maybe it'll take off right here. It'll break away right here." Uh, the next two plays were a pass for minus five yards and then an interception. Oh, <laughs> oops! Oops! Amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah, it, it's it's stunning to me because I really, I, you know, I heard about Russell Wilson's workouts. In Denver, Mark Schlereth said, I don't see anywhere on this guy at all. Everything that came out of practice, it shows you how deceiving just football practice can be when you're practicing against your own guys. When you're playing, and when you don't practice hard when you're either. Playing friendly football and you're not practicing hard, everything is awesome. And I cannot believe, I really honestly thought Pete Carroll is senile and out of touch. And I'm finding out that Russell Wilson's delusional instead. Oh, it's, it's mind blowing to me the the paradigm shift. Seriously, it's crazy it's, how the the media has turned on Russell Wilson. He was sort of like a beloved, like you know, MVP candidate every year. You played the you want to play the but, Kyle Brandt thing well, again, but it, because that stuff, because now that stuff's following him to a new market. That's why play you played it. Yeah, this, this is, was Kyle Brandt yeah. from Good Morning Football this morning. Pretty critical stuff about. Russell Wilson, not necessarily just the quarterback, but the personality, uh, if you will, and how that's not really jiving right now in Denver. I think Russell Wilson is one of the least authentic personalities we have in this league. I think Russell Wilson is a poser. And that doesn't mean he's a bad person. I actually think he's a good person. I think he tries to be something that he's not. And when you make the $245 million, you either got to be a really great guy with the locker room who loves you, or you got to be an amazing player. Brady, who makes half of what Russell's making, is both. Rodgers, MVP, Patrick Mahomes, both. Allen, people love him. He's amazing. Kyler, we'll find out. Russell Wilson, first of all, the NFL, the Broncos fan base has no history with him. They have no allegiance to him. This is not a Seahawks thing that they drafted him. They grew up with him. He's their guy. None of that. You know, I, got, I work the, the NFL honors. I work the red carpet. Kelsey comes by. Rodgers comes by. Russell Wilson shows up with his sunglasses and his wife, and they, I think they think they're, they're Jay-Z and Beyonce, and they will literally put their hand up and say, no, we're not talking. Why? It, it, because you think you're that cool, and you're you're that famous and you're that amazing and everything is so perfect. That does not work in a locker room unless you are really good or really, really good guy. It just doesn't work. 245 million bucks, that can come unraveled fast. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're missing throws like that and you're putting up nine points in a nationally televised game. Um, look out. This could come off the rails. Yeah, it could. I think now, the point that he yeah. makes about, you know, he's the, the, the Broncos fan base has no allegiance. There was excitement. Obviously, they're getting a, a proven quarterback who won a Super Bowl and probably should have mm-hmm. won another one coming to town after this quarterback
quarterback drought that they've gone through in a football crazy city. Five weeks, they're at ground zero. Like, there's no love for Russell Wilson, and, and nor should there be. That's how bad the team has the, been. The um, the criticism from Kyle Brand sounded like it got a little personal a little at bit, the end. A little bit. Uh, based on a personal experience he might have had where he felt big time, but but that's not the first time you've heard that about Russell Wilson. And that, that to me, it's the I am beyond reproach. reproach. I am the great one of the mm-hmm. greatest of all time. I firmly believe that. Well, at some point in time, your, your play has to back up your personal belief Otherwise, you look like a clown, right? Imagine Gardner Minshew being like, "Nah, we're not going to have this red carpet conversation." You'd be like, "Who are you?" Yeah, who are you? And and if his play was matching that, you'd go, "Okay, all right, I I got you." But but it hasn't been like that. The two picks he threw were inexcusable. The first one to throw as late as he did off his back foot, it it basically was like a punt. Ugh, (laughs) it could have been fair caught. And then the pick in the end zone was even worse. Uh, Then you can criticize the last play call by Nathaniel Hackett. Fourth and one. They didn't need the touchdown there. They just needed the first down. Do you run the football? They had had some success running the football. Everybody always loves the play call, even when it fails. We're all dumb on the outside. Uh, but uh, Nathaniel Hackett did uh, talk about Russell Wilson's performance and, and how to evaluate it. I think I'm going to have to evaluate it and look at it and, and see where he is. want to always try to get him into a rhythm. Didn't feel like uh, we were able to get him in that. And uh, need to do a better job. Starts with me to be able to get him in that rhythm with all the wide receivers and tight ends. There were, again, there were a couple opportunities. Um, I think we had a, a couple drops again, a couple penalties. You know, we keep continually hurting ourselves. And I think that's the thing that's frustrating. And we need to address it as an offense and we need to fix that because the uh, performance by the defense was spectacular. And we're wasting those those great opportunities to be able to win a football game. Yeah, the defense, I mean, that's, that's one of those separation games. When you have a defense that mm-hmm. plays that well and you end up losing, that could, that could separate a whole locker room, too. That Baron Browning kid before he got hurt, goodness right. gracious, right. he was a he was a menace. Uh, yeah, but we all sat through it. So the NFL, they, they might be embarrassed about the product that was put out there, but millions of people watched it again. Well, yes, and but again, I think that you you mentioned the injuries earlier. There there was another nasty looking concussion. That happened Naheem where Hines. somebody just completely lost his motor skills, yep. and it's that stuff. It, it, it just speaks. It's inhumane to ask football players to play on that short of rest. And and I, and I know the point too. Those injuries happen on Sundays as well. They're more magnified when a game is by itself on the schedule, but mm-hmm. also when it's four days after they last played. At least give them a week to get yes. ready. Yes, yes. At least that makes some people least, feel better right. about it. I, well. Yeah. Yeah. Coming up next, ASU, a home game tomorrow afternoon against another ranked team in the Washington Huskies. We'll talk to the Sun Devil head coach, Sean Aguano, next. It's Bickley Marotta Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. This is the Santan Ford Sun Devil Blitz, presented in part by Kilo River Resorts and Casinos, Arizona State's official sports headquarters, and Santan Ford. We are Santan Ford. Sun Devils coming off a loss on the road at USC. Back home tomorrow at Sun Devil Stadium, hosting the 21st-ranked Washington Huskies. Every Friday here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, we talk to the head coach of the Sun Devils, Sean Aguano, and that conversation happens right now. Good morning, Coach. How are you? 
Good. Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you. Uh, the uh, the game last week, uh, for people that didn't watch it and they look at the score and, and maybe take a look at the stat sheet, they'll say, oh, you know, Sun Devils got, got beat again. Uh, no improvement. For those who watched the game, there was a lot of improvement, I thought, uh, in a lot of different areas and some things still to work on. But do you feel the same way that, that, that strides were made last week? And does the team feel that way? Absolutely. And, you know, the, the team knows we're close. You know, there are a couple of times uh, the ball uh, went their way. Uh, I thought we could have uh, wrapped up the quarterback and a couple of third and longs that have changed the game. But we're in the game at halftime. Coming out of halftime, you know, uh, was went six and out on our first series. But uh, I thought we were right there to, to make sure that uh, we're in that game. When you take a look at, at that, when you walk away from that game, to be in that game for as long as you were, and, and of course it got away from you, but but does that help to keep a good presence in a recruiting-rich area like Southern California? Absolutely. You know, the, the thing that I was so uh, proud of our kids was they play hard, and they play till the last minute. Um, and, you know, Knowing that, and I think everybody that has watched the game has seen that and, and that improvement, um, and we're not going to go away. And so I'll be relentless, and our coaching staff will be relentless on making sure that we play hard every play. Yeah, you, you mentioned it, Coach, the, the third downs, and I think USC, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think they finished eight of nine on third down conversions, which obviously needs to improve. But the reason why they did that, especially early in the game, was Caleb Williams was able to escape and make plays with his legs, just generally speaking. When you've got a quarterback, whether it's your own quarterback or, or an opposing quarterback that has the ability to do that and convert a first down, how demoralizing can that be for a defense? And do you think that was part of the, the effect that it had on, on your defense in that game? Absolutely. I thought, our again, our defense did really well on first and second down. And then um, two, two in a row, uh, two series in a row, we have him hemmed up um, for a sack. Uh, we'll get the ball back, and he slips away. And, and his credit as well, he's a strong kid. But we need to finish those plays. And then we got him hemmed up on the one-yard line, and he throws a jump pass. Um, and so just those things that we need to make sure that we finish on our side, and our kids understand that. That uh, turns the game around really quick. All right, you say you're real close, and I think the uh, USC game, especially the first three possessions offensively, when you really seem to run the ball well, that you're close to that victory, but you're also one in four. It's the worst start at ASU in many, many years since 1976, and you're only a part of this, obviously. You just came in a couple of games ago. How bad, though, does this team need the affirmation of a victory? Um, I think we need it pretty bad. Uh, you know, all the the culture change and the tempo at practice and everything that they're giving me, um, hopefully there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and that they can see that. Um, and so the affirmation of them getting that win and all of this hard work, um, they can they, they can see their improvement. Um, but that win, uh, nothing cures anything like a win. Sun Devil head coach Sean Aguano, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, as he is every uh, Friday during college football season. I wanted to talk about your quarterback last week, Emory Jones, a little bit banged up going into the game. But what can you say about uh, the steady keel that he's kept uh, in playing? And, and how do you how would you rate his performance against USC? I thought he did very well. You know, um, he didn't try to do too much. Um, he let uh, he got the ball to his playmakers, ten different uh, uh, playmakers. I think he's feeling a lot more comfortable uh, with his team. I think he's feeling a lot more comfortable with the offense that Glenn Thomas has. And so um, he works tremendously hard preparing during the weekend, and it showed. 
When you talk about it, it, I couldn't believe this when I read this, and then it made sense to me. That could be ASU's last game at that venue, maybe for a long time to come, seeing USC's moving off to the Big Ten and they're playing in Tempe next year. Uh, was there any sense of that for you as a head coach, being in that venue and experiencing that? You know, it's always a joy. Uh, you know, all of the uh, prior head coaches and, and legends that have coached there. So you take it in um, and, you know, you enjoy that moment. Um, as soon as the uh, whistle blows to kick off and then it becomes in the sidelines and, and that didn't uh, phase me at all. But uh, you also enjoy moments in your life where um, – legends have been and uh it was a joy for me sean aguano the head coach of arizona state our guest here on 98.7 fm arizona sports station another tough one third straight ranked opponent uh washington coming to town and this is a team especially offensively coaches you're well aware they've turned it around big time very lethargic offense last year new head coach new quarterback i mean just focus on the challenges that the the the, the washington huskies bring to your defense you know, they're uh, very efficient on the long ball, so we can't give away those big plays. Um, their quarterback uh, is accurate. Um, I don't think he um, extends plays as well as what we saw with uh, Caleb Williams last uh, week, but our defense is going to have to get after him, make sure that uh, he feels uncomfortable in the pocket, and then we need to make sure that we keep our eyes on, on, the, um, on the receivers and not give away those big plays. Uh, can you sketch for our listeners who, who might have heard the changes in approach and the differences in how you are relating and, and what you're asking of these kids from practice? Could you sketch out what, what exactly you have tried to implement in terms of, of different methodologies? Yes, you know the accountability part. Uh, you know, there's a there's a time to check in. Uh, we need to be professionals. Be five minutes early to meetings, to practice, the attention to detail, to be deliberate in everything we do. And I'm asking that from the coaching staff as well. Um, you know, there's always going to be uh, a couple of guys that. Uh, um, we have to work on because that is not the norm for them, but they have all bought in. Uh, I see it in their eyes, um, practice intensity and tempo, uh, no walking on the field, all of those small things that I, I think that will help us um, when it comes game time to finish those games. And, and they're buying in. So I, I, I'm, Absolutely proud of those guys. Sean Aguano, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. I can only imagine the challenge it is to take over as an interim coach that early in a season. And obviously you've embraced all those challenges that have been put in front of you. And you've kind of planted the seeds for, for moving forward. And I know on the flip side of it, Coach, there's a lot of speculation on, hey, who's going to be the next full-time head coach at Arizona State? In terms of, of your candidacy, has, you know, has there been anything said from the leadership of the university about uh, you know, your future, uh, maybe as the, the full-time head coach of Arizona State, or is it too early for that? I think it's too early. I think it's, it's an unspoken uh, agreement uh, that uh, I have a... A job to do, um, and I'm here for the kids. I, I want to make sure that the culture is in place. Um, if it doesn't happen, you leave the place a better place. If it does, we're moving forward, as you've seen with uh, recruiting that uh, I said that I'm going to recruit Arizona real hard. And so I'm moving um, as, as if I am the head coach, and, and I want to be a Sun Devil head coach and, and that is my dream job and I don't want to go anywhere else I mean this has been my home for 20 years and I want to make people proud of the Sun Devil football program and the university and so I'm going about it as I am the head coach and we'll see what happens at the end yep uh, coach thanks so much for the uh, the thanks, time son. of the conversation best of luck tomorrow against Washington and we'll talk to you next Friday 
I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Sean Aguano, the uh, head coach of Arizona State. They get ready for the uh, Huskies tomorrow. And thank goodness, afternoon kickoff, Bick. I'm not sure what he thinks about that. Get to see those tan uniforms in the daylight. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not as toasty as it would have been a couple I, weeks ago. Yeah, I wonder that. what the attendance is going to look like. wonder what the student section engagement is going to look like. Well, the pregame will be shorter. You won't have all day to pregame if you're... That's that, true. That is true. Your post game is going to be longer. Unless you just don't go to bed tonight. (laughs) (laughs) There's that. You can hear that game right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Thanks again to uh, Sean Aguano for joining us. Coming up next, there's only one show that will get you ready for a Cardinals game on the weekend through X's and O's and observations, but also... But that's not us. Through the gift of music. Oh. And here's a tease. I duet with myself this week. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's not a gift. <laughs> no. I said a gift. I said a tease. <laughs> Jarrett and Jarrett. Oh, yes. yeah. Captain and Tennille. Peaches Car- and her. Car- Carlin and Garfunkel. Jarrett and Jarrett. Carlin and Garfunkel this week. Yeah, yeah more right. Cardinals talk and song next. Pickley Murata right. Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. <laughs> I'm sitting in the stands and seeing lots of jerseys that are green. And I can't seem to understand why there's so many Eagles fans supposed to have in an upper hand, but home field isn't what we plan. Home field frowns, the cards give us home field frowns. Home, where we keep on losing home, it's so confusing home. I might start boozing, why aren't we winning? Every week across two seasons, we can't seem to find a reason. Why we can't get a victory in front of fans in the Red Sea. So now it's up to Kingsbury to find a way to beat Philly. Home field frowns, the cards give us. Home field frowns. Home, where we keep on losing home. It's so confusing home. I might start boozing. Why aren't we winning? All right. There was some production put into that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, until we re- until we reach the uh, the chorus. What she I said. Act- I actually. What she said. I, I, said I too Bic, might start boozing. I yeah. actually said to Bick off the air. I was like, I don't know what song this is. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, me neither. Yeah. I, could, I couldn't place it. What is it? It's uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, song. now I know after okay. the after the chorus. Oh. Yeah. Thanks for that, Jarrett. Yeah. Timely. Well, <laughs> what was the year that? Near, song I don't released? know. Nearly sixty years ago, but yeah. we're we're big with octogenarians that might have recognized that song. Oh, I right. appre- like I said, I appreciate the production value there. Yeah. Lyrically, always strong. I yeah. say that every week. Homeward Bound is the name of the real song. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got further developments on the Cardinals today. Somebody uh, said that was twice as bad. Because I, <laughs> because, right, That's anyway. correct. <laughs> Normally when you do, there's a duet, there's a difference in the voices, too. I, yeah, yeah, that was, 
Yeah. Is that why the background voice was just a little bit late? Yes. So uh, we could hear it? Yeah. I see. It was more of a delay than a yeah. duet. Okay. It's an echo. Uh, Aaron Wilson, who covers the NFL for Pro Football Network, uh, he tweeted this out just moments ago. NFL Insider Notebook, Rondell Moore, knee expected to play. Antoine Wesley undergoing MRI today with concern about potential torn quadriceps. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. What did I say earlier okay. in the show, Bick? We might not ever see this receiving core <laughs> as a whole unit. Yeah, and I do remember trend- saying it that. It was trending that way until the Rondell Moore appearance on the uh, injury right. report yesterday. Right. Howard Balzer from uh, PHNX also tweeted this earlier this morning. After clearing waivers Wednesday, there were reports Andy Isabella would be signed to the Ravens practice squad. So far, there's been no announcement by the team, and no team uh, team website has no news on him, and he's not on the website roster. Wow. <laughs> Maybe he's demanding reps. I don't think he'd don't be in Don't you know what I bring yeah, to this? Yeah, that's what I bring to the field. If, I don't do it for you. I do it for the kids. Well, the, the, for the people I inspire. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Cringe. The, the potential connection there, though, mm-hmm. is if Antoine Wesley is seriously hurt, Cliff Kingsbury said and Andy Isabella has a future in this league. Is the future back oh, with the Cardinals? Just when we thought we were out, they oh. pull us back in. Just get the ball to Greg. What a dorch. What a dorch. so difficult. You <laughs> got Hollywood true. Brown there. You got Zacherts there. You got Greg. What a dorch. There. That's what you need. What else do you want? They didn't throw the ball to Dorch until like the fourth quarter last game. I think they only got one target the entire game. It's because Rondell Moore's back. And based on what you've seen, again, (laughs) (laughs) go back to last year Uh with Rondell Moore and game one with Rondell Moore, as opposed to the handful of games we've seen Greg Dorch used in this offense. Who did it look like the Cardinals were more comfortable in utilizing in the offense? Greg Dorch. I, uh, and again, I just, it's one of the many things that makes you really want to, it, it just drives you batty that we've all been anticipating the return of Rondale Moore and everyone talked about for months how we need to use him better, how we need to deploy him better. So much so that he was a player picked to pop by a lot of people, including the people on Good Morning Football. Mm-hmm. Breakout player, Rondale Moore. And then he comes back and he's running the same type of plays he did last year. It's just mind-numbing. Catching those horizontal screen passes with no blocking in front of him. And he took three vicious shots last week. Mm -hmm. Why? For what? Ricky Waters, for what? For whom? For you? (laughs) (laughs) It's It's just so ridiculous. So so the idea of having the full complement of wide receivers, I got a better idea. Why don't you use the ones you have a little smarter? Well, instead of waiting for... But that's, I mean, that's been a trend also with Kyler slash Cliff. I mean, it, that's sort of why they got killed by D-Hop being out. Yes. Because it was so... Even when Fitzgerald was here, they so overwhelmingly just threw to one receiver, Kyler. It's like he looks at one receiver, if that person's not open... He either panics or runs or True. whatever. But we always talk about, too, what is the Cardinal? And people are asking this question, especially through the first four games this year. Offensively, what is the Cardinals' identity? They don't have one right now, do they? No. 
No, their identity not. very well could be DeAndre Hopkins. <sighs> From well, what we saw last year and yeah. what we've seen this year, mm-hmm. if he comes back in Week Seven against the Saints, and the offense automatically takes off, <laughs> it's an indictment, but also a very clear indication of what their what their identity, especially is in the red zone. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, potentially not good news from Aaron Wilson on uh, Antoine Wesley. Yeah, listen, what I care about, I, I really, with all due respect to Antoine Wesley, I, I, this, that, that news does not move the meter one bit in my mind. Not one bit. What I worry about is the state of the offensive line. That's what I'm worried about. True. Uh, state of the offensive line. But it does move the meter a little bit okay. because of Wesley gives you an ingredient that you didn't have a bigger receiver A.J. Green still day-to-day coming back, so he would also represent that. But there's a chance that neither one of them are available. And you're going out there with you know a, the, that same crew of smaller wide receivers. You don't have that element. Well, that is true. Yeah. They, they are missing the element of, of having a guy that can go up and get the football. But it's, it's again, yeah. use the speed that you have. Quit worrying about the Use the speed that you have. Stretch the field. Hey, if if you are going, I suppose around Rondell Moore plays, you're going out there with Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore, and Greg and, Dorch, and Greg Dorch and Kyler Murray. That should be speed. That should that be nobody speed. can defend. Yes. So throw the ball that way downfield. <laughs> that that way. <laughs> That's the conversation in the huddle. All right. Yeah. Throw that way. Ready. Right. Break. <laughs> Just solved all the problems in like three uh, minutes. We did. Uh, and uh, coming up next, uh, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620, by the way. Sarah will take us through some social studies at Bickley underscore Murata on Twitter's where it goes down. And we'll do it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.